0: Welcome to the Pirate Radio Podcast, featuring special guests discussing a wide range of topics and personal stories. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studio, here's Shirley Rhodes. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Pirate Radio Podcast, featuring Alan Thomas and ECU Outstanding Alumni Award winner, Lieutenant Colonel Billy Dye. On today's podcast, Alan will have a great discussion on how Lieutenant Colonel Dye went from a student at East Carolina to Chief of Wing Safe and T-6 instructor pilot and Air Force One advance agent for the United States Air Force. Sit back and relax. Today's Pirate Radio podcast starts right now.
1: Really excited to have with us here today, Lieutenant Colonel Billy Die, and, and Billy is just a, a consummate pirate. Is what I would call him, a guy who bleeds purple and cold, and is an ambassador for the university, ambassador for ECU athletics, and and just a good American. And Billy, man, great to have you here with us on the show.
2: Well, Alan, I appreciate that. I hope that that twenty dollars found you well. For uh, all time. <laughs> I'll cash it
1: at Sub Dogs next time we get together. No, no doubt about it. But um, you know, you and I have, have had a chance to, to cross paths a, a number of times, and people that, that don't know you. So many people come through the door at East Carolina University, and and we all bring different things to the table. And you know, some of us owe a lot to this university. It gave us a chance to invent ourselves. You know, as we went out and found out who we were. I mean, many of us come from different backgrounds, and talk about. And and you know, I, I use your title, Lieutenant Colonel, but it took a lot between then. Uh, in the early 2000s and uh, the late 19, you know 90s to to get to this point. Where are you from, man? Tell us about your background a little bit, then I'll give folks kind of you know kind of your history and what's going on.
2: Sure, I'm from uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, uh, and born and raised. Uh, went to Western Guilford High School. Um, uh, see, uh, was raised by my uh, by my father. Uh, I have a brother uh, who's a year and a half younger than me uh, with special needs. So, um, you know, we were raised by our dad growing up, uh, which presented its, uh, you know, its, its own unique challenges, uh, but that also helped, uh, you know, make me into who I am today, uh, and it, those are those challenges are something that I look at now as blessings. Um, uh, but yeah, from Greensboro, and then uh, attended East Carolina in 2000 to 2004.
1: So how did you end up at ECU of all places? Did your dad have, have ECU connections or friends? And, you know, that, that time period was an interesting time for East Carolina, and And um, you know, talk about how you ended up here.
2: Uh, Yeah. So uh, the funny thing is, is is I didn't really realize it until I went to ECU. But uh, the last name Die is uh, somewhat significant uh, significant there. It is (laughs) (laughs) Coach Pat Die. And so when I was when I was there, and even after I graduated, and then when I was um, at uh, at Maxwell Air Force Base for a year. very close to auburn i had a lot of folks ask me about my last name there too uh and my grandmother did genealogy uh and uh, i remember her uh mentioning at some point in time that yeah we, we're we're very distant you know very distant relatives to pat dye so i would always joke around with folks so they're like oh did you know Die <laughs> is see a family member i'd say well he's he's in the family but he never sent christmas cards
1: right right so you you have some royalty Absolutely. some power royalty in your genealogy that's great
2: Yeah. but uh, So my father actually went to uh, a different CU. He went to uh, TCU, Texas Christian University. So uh, similar colors. So uh, it it helps them out uh, when when we both pull for the purple. Um, But he went there. uh, And then when I was in high school, I I literally was was looking at um, colleges. And I know that I needed a place that was in-state because I could not afford out-of-state tuition. Um, and I know that I needed a place that had a ROTC program because I had this passion to be a, a military pilot. Um, and then, you know, I just, I wanted to, to a, a place that I felt like I could belong to. So I applied to two schools. Um, uh, I got deferred from both ECU and that other school, uh, and then ultimately was, uh, was accepted to ECU. Um, I was denied, uh, from the other school, but I won't mention that, um, because it's, it's all under the bridge. And. Everything worked out great, and so ECU was the, uh, the school that I was going to go to, and I, I, I felt passionate and, and grateful that they were giving me an opportunity.
1: That's that's awesome. So you got an opportunity, and trust me, my friend, we we've all been there. We've had those those letters that the thin envelope is what I call it. But really, that's just your marching orders. And I know you felt the same way. But you know, look, we we say many times, you know, many people show up at East Carolina University, but uh, getting that degree is is a really precious piece of paper that you have to earn. But but you know, you did pretty good here. I mean, what what got you in ROTC and was that really part of your mission that you were thinking about coming to, to the university? And, and those first couple of years, you, you really did a stellar job.
2: Uh, absolutely. So I, I'd always known that I, since I was five years old and my grandfather took me to the airport, I knew I wanted to be a pilot. Um, and I wanted to be a military pilot. I'd be lying if I didn't say that I watched Top Gun like every other you kid know, <laughs> in, in our generation and, and had dreams of that. And so that was that was something that fueled me Um when I, when I got to ECU, it's funny because I was actually accepted on academic probation in the academic transition program. Uh, so uh, if I had a plug to bring something back to the university, it would be that because um, that, was a, that was a program that helped a lot of folks like myself have a chance uh, and then ultimately, uh, you know, take advantage of it and succeed. But, but I knew when I got there, uh, they, were, um, they had Air, Air Force ROTC, so I was committed to that, uh, joined up the very first day uh, and was very fortunate enough, uh, to, uh, make some good grades that first semester. I still had a lot of fun. Don't get that wrong. (laughs) Uh, still had a lot of fun, but I, 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 was, uh, I found, I found myself able to study for the first time. And I found myself with that independence being able to, to take advantage of opportunities and, uh, and it was great. Uh, I found myself on the Dean's List that first semester and then I actually got picked up for an ROTC scholarship which really uh, was a financial blessing for our family and from, from there it was just uh, I was off and running and, and was was grateful for the opportunity.
1: Yeah and looking back on that it's just what a foundation for you I know and and you know you, you've been around the world a few times you know you went from East Carolina and, and an interesting time and and straight into the military and you, you know you've been out in harm's way and And, um, you know, and also taking a lot of your messages that you've shared, you know, about what ECU, you know, brings to the table. And and many of you, many folks may recognize your name, Lieutenant Colonel Billy Dye, because you were just honored uh, at halftime at East Carolina at at our most previous home football game as one of our outstanding alumni. But let's fill in the blanks with that a little bit. Many people, and I'll take this back. My dad always told me and my family members, they remember where they were uh, when John F. Kennedy uh, died. You know they remember to the minute. You know what they were doing and what was going on. And I know, like you said, you've always you watched Top Gun, but and, and and those things drove you. But um, talk about what nine eleven. You know what what that meant for you. You know we just had Veterans Day. You know here in the community and and remembrances across the you know across the country. And you know talk about that memory where you were at nine eleven and how that kind of helped forge you as well in terms of your resolve to you know for this country and 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 your mission beyond East Carolina University.
2: Yeah, that day—that uh, that day is definitely one that will always be etched in my mind. I was—I um, was at Brewster Building for a sports history class uh, that got out at nine thirty, and as I was leaving the class, I was going to uh, to Wright Plaza to, to go get a biscuit and uh, and, a, and a coffee, and one of the ROTC cadet, uh, you know, we passed across uh, paths, and he said, "Hey, the the Twin Towers have just been hit. You know, I think there's a terrorist attack going on." And so the Wright right Plaza um, was right below where the ROTC detachment was. So I immediately went to the ROTC detachment, uh, just as I believe the Pentagon uh, had been hit. And we stood up there, and I was in the ROTC detachment as I watched the Twin Towers fall. Um, and then from there, we we had to also do we had to also get to work because we had a lot of folks that were uh, traveling from Seymour Johnson Air Force Base and from a couple other. Uh, military bases uh, that were in ROTC with us or that had family members from the base that were attending here and so we needed to call and be able uh, or make sure that they were able to get on base uh, and you know and kind of verify their their whereabouts so we we did a lot of uh, a recall uh, of all the ROTC personnel and then the um, the very interesting thing about it was uh, Air Force ROTC was having a blood drive that day at Mendenhall um, and I was scheduled to work from, I believe, 12 to 1. Uh, so I got there around 12. And there were lines all the way around the corner and literally almost down to almost down to Chico's um, for folks waiting to, to stand in line to give blood because no one knew what was going on at the time. Um, And so we worked that blood drive. I think there was a handful of us. I had a a test that day that I didn't even care about. And luckily, the professor was very understanding with everyone and class was canceled. But we stayed there till probably six, seven o'clock at night. And then um, I just remember walking home and it was just felt eerily silent. Um, And then I turned on the news uh, and saw all the stuff from that day. And it just it really sank in within, the, I'd say, that point in time to 24 hours later. Of okay, I guess, uh, I guess I know what we're doing here as far as military goes. And this is before I had, I found out I had a pilot spot, um, and so, so I knew that you know service from that point on was probably going to entail uh, some type of, uh, you know, some type of involvement with, uh, you know, with with that. Not knowing who did that at the time, but it was going to involve that. And then what I will say is a follow up uh, interestingly enough is in March of 2003, the day that I found out that I, uh, was going to be a, uh, a pilot candidate that I received a pilot training spot. Um, we were out at Chico's, uh, celebrating with some of the other senior cadets and all of a sudden we get the breaking news and shock and awe had just begun. Yeah. Uh, so that, that painted an even clearer picture of, okay, this, this may be also what we're about to do, and especially now that I, I have the potential to become an aviator in the Air Force. Uh, so those, those days stand out uh, significantly, but 9-11 was definitely uh, one of those that I, I'll never forget.
1: And so interesting for you, because it's so ingrained in your East Carolina University experience, as, as you laid out there in great detail, you know, you'll never forget those, those particular moments, that's for sure, and, and I and, and mine as well remembering exactly that moment you know and also remembering as you said the exact moment when the shock and all kind of began and thinking about my brothers and sisters that were you know in the, in the military billy and i'm sure you did as well you knew the those that preceded you and kind of where they were and, and the relationships that you had many of them with east carolina ties and so fast forward a little bit you know at, at what point so you kind of knew where you were going uh, and then you ended up you know now top gun they didn't get inverted in c-17s now right now you you understand this correct
2: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, you can uh, you can do it in the simulator, but um uh, too much.
1: Right, right, right. So talk about how you ended up in the Big Bird and, uh, you know, and, and talk a little bit about the, the the proud tradition and we'll get into their most recent history. And, you know, they're out there in all the time and in the most stressed environments. But let's talk about first, you know, what took you from East Carolina and then ultimately in, in the theater of war, I guess is the best way to put it and talk about, you know, that period for you and how East Carolina played such a, a pivotal role. And people don't understand Uh, how how important home is until you're thousands of miles away and just even a slither of normalcy. You know, East Carolina, the Pirates, a ball game, just any of that stuff and what that really means. But fast forward as to, you know, from exiting university and kind of getting involved in in kind of this nation's global effort.
2: Yeah, so uh, ironically, I'm here at Laughlin Air Force Base, which is where I was a pilot training student. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty neat to kind of come full circle once as a student and then as a, an instructor. But uh, you know, you have three phases of pilot training. Uh, you have your initial T-6 phase, which is what I instruct, And then from there, you can kind of, based on uh, what you want to do, uh, what the needs of the Air Force are, and um, you know, what your scores are, you can um, you know, track off to either do fighter bomber or uh, airlift uh, tanker. Um, I, you know, at some point in time, it kind of, it kind of clicked that, um, that I didn't really want to do the, the fighter bomber route. Um, I think I was right there on the, on the edge of being able to do that, um, as far as my, my scores go. But, but personally, I just, I didn't feel that. And I, I'd always had this, uh, just this admiration for the c seventeen. Um, so I went the uh, that other track and uh, flew the T one, and six months later, uh, was very fortunate enough to um, get a, a C seventeen assignment. And we were actually standing up the, uh, the uh, squadron in Hawaii, uh, which was phenomenal uh, experience to be out there. And within you know six uh, you know ten months uh, of graduating, uh, I found myself on in, in my first combat mission uh, in Southeast Asia, and. Uh, you know, being away uh, from home, like you said, uh, really makes you appreciate it. Uh, especially on the deployment, within a year, I found myself deployed, and uh, my very first um, college football season outside of the states. Uh, it was the uh, it was the day that we were playing Virginia Tech, uh, and so yeah. I remember, uh, it was at Virginia Tech, um, and I remember us flying back in, and the first thing I did was go to base ops to see what was the score because we were on ESPN. <laughs> seeing that in that environment just brought such a a joy to my heart until they scored a touchdown of course um but uh virginia tech that is but it was so great to just see see uh some semblance of hope
1: yeah, absolutely and and I'm sure you crossed paths with a lot of great pirates out there, you know, that you met throughout the military. Because we have a proud tradition of with our ROTC and so many units. You served in the Air Force and, but but across you know all platforms, you know the Marine Corps and, um, you know Army Navy, you know Coast Guard and Merchant Marine and others. But uh, I'm sure you got a lot of interesting stories of, of great pirates you kind of met out there and kind of helped as well along the way.
2: Yeah, uh, I think one of my favorite times of, uh, of, of pirate. Uh, I guess, pirate camaraderie was uh, when we were out at Hickam. We had uh, General Gary North, uh, four-star general. Um, uh, he was the former PACAF commander. We had um, Colonel Dean Wolford at the time. He was the vice wing commander of Hickam Air Force Base. And then we had Colonel uh, uh, Casey Parnell, who was the Operation Support Squadron commander. And then uh, folks like Dave Herndon, um, which I know you, you, you yes. know Dave very well. Uh, Dave was out there and I was out there. And uh, it was great that we were all out there at the same time that we had the Hawaii Bowl, so that was kind of like <laughs> our special Hawaii treat. Uh, so that was probably one of the better uh, one of the better memories of, of just seeing pirates away from you know far away from home.
1: Absolutely, uh, just it's tremendous to have those great guys. You can have camaraderie with, that's for sure. Now you, you served in, in. When we talk about the past twenty years, it's been some some amazing chapters for our military and for many ECU graduates and your service to our nation really kind of coincides with, you know, Afghanistan and Iraq and all the things of those periods. And, and talk about your unit in particular. You got to be so proud. Uh, there's a lot of things I know you can't say and can't talk about. And, and a lot of times, a lot of the focus is put on those theaters of war, but we were in stressed positions around the world. Twenty four seven people have no idea, you know the the type of activities. Talk about what a C seventeen. Talk about your aircraft and your unit, what it does and what you guys what you were capable of. And you told me a really cool story when you and I saw each other at the football game at East Carolina uh, about the top requests, you know, the pilots uh, when they're when they're kind of on these missions and how you went immediately went and made sure that those the things that they asked for were needed. Yeah, I, absolutely.
2: Um, the C seventeen, um, it, it, it is. Such an amazing platform. Uh, it brings hope uh, all around the world and uh, in, in people's darkest days. Um, you know, I've I mentioned before uh, to folks it can it can you know bring hope to hell uh, if called upon. Um, and it, you know, it was it was a joy to fly for six or uh, for eight years. I'm sorry, um, because the missions range anywhere from dropping folks off in combat uh, to dropping supplies off in combat to humanitarian missions to medevac missions. And you can do all of those within the course of a week. Um, so you, you have to get your mind. And, and one, of the, one of the more interesting ones, too, that a lot of folks don't talk about and a lot of folks don't understand is you can go, uh, you know, military, they call it uh, space available on a, on a flight. Um, and, you know, a lot of folks will go from, uh, you know, from East Coast to Germany. Uh, and we bring back a lot of fallen heroes from Germany. And so you can be on a mission where you're bringing back fallen heroes one day, and the next day you're taking families across the uh, the Atlantic to Germany. And, and folks just, you know, folks don't have any idea, but that kind of, you know, you kind of see that as the, from the aviator side, and that, that, that's something that, that hits you and you take with you. But the, the, the squadrons that I've been a part of, uh, in the C 17, the 530, uh, 535th Airlift Squadron in Hawaii, uh, was phenomenal to stand up. Uh, it was, it was, so awesome that we were able to ha- experience the, the growth of that together. And then the 3rd Airlift Squadron, which has just got a rich and proud history, uh, especially in um, the work that they did recently with Afghanistan. Um, you know, I have I've never felt more proud uh, to be a C 17 or a fellow C 17 pilot uh, than when I saw that the 3rd Airlift Squadron out of Dover Air Force Base uh, was, was one of the squadrons that were leading the charge. Um, and, uh, and evacuating folks near the end of, uh, of, uh, of Afghanistan And uh, you know like you talked about with, with one of my buddies, uh, he was one of the squadron commanders that were out there and and myself and a lot of other folks just instinctively reached out and, and just said, hey we, we can't be there, we can't fly it, but what can we, what can we send uh, And we had a whole list of stuff to send not only for the, uh, for the aviators and crew uh, and crew dogs but uh, for the folks that they were helping as well. And that's just the spirit of, of the C-17. Um, we, we, we're happy to help, we love, we love serving, we love, we love carrying out the mission of the C-17 because we know that the C-17 has brought you know, tremendous amount of, of hope as, as well as uh, tremendous amount of, of firepower when needed. Uh, and that's just the, the versatility of it. And, and that's why I absolutely love that platform.
1: Absolutely and and look baby wipes red bull and and cans of dip will go a long way won't they for these guys yeah <laughs> <Right>. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. So look beyond your again. We're talking to Lieutenant Colonel Billy Dye, who's out at Laughlin Air Force Base now. East Carolina graduate, just honored recently as an outstanding alumni, combat veteran overseas, um, just a, a great guy who's always representing ECU first and foremost, and it's um, and just just a, a great representation of the university and big sports fan as well. We'll talk about that in a moment. But but look beyond your combat days and, and uh, instruction, or talk about beyond the sitting in the seat and and flying the aircraft you got to do they've done some pretty cool missions here um one of your one of your uh i guess terms of duty and it was just concluded recently is which is a real honor is is you served as the advance crew with air force one for i guess three presidents so talk about that a little bit that's phenomenal you know coming in in advance of air force one and to, to all over the world i guess and 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 it had to be an amazing experience i'm sure you. Uh, had a chance to at least uh, receive a nod and a salute with our commanders in chief.
2: Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was absolutely a phenomenal additional duty. Um, I applied for it in uh, 2000, uh, 2011, uh and was able to able to do it for about ten and a half years. And uh, and it's one of those things where there's uh, there's about a hundred aviators in the Air Force that uh, that enter or apply, and then ultimately will, will get picked up. And our job as the Air Force One advance agent is to go out ahead of Air Force One uh, overseas and uh, and stateside, and we work with uh, White House, um, you know, the White House staff. Whether it's the uh, White House press, uh, you know, uh, other members of the White House staff, we'll work with Secret Service, we'll work with uh, local and state agencies, and our whole goal, uh, as well as with the uh, with folks at the airport. that the Air Force One is going to be arriving at. And we, and we, and we do that uh, to work out all the logistics because our goal is to have a safe and flawless uh, landing of Air Force One, uh, have the, the president uh, depart the plane, do what they need to do, and then safely get back on the aircraft and depart. Uh, and, and to work with all those different entities in a no-fail environment uh, in some places are easier than others, uh, especially when you start talking about international uh, to, to be able to do that and, and see everything come together is, is one of the most amazing things. And, and the crews of Air Force One that I've, I've worked with are some of the most professional uh, professional members of the Air Force that, I, that I've ever been a part of. And, and I, I am absolutely in awe of, of being able to, to, to work with them. And it was such a phenomenal experience. I worked for uh, the past three administrations, uh, and it was, uh, it, it was one of the coolest things I've done in my career, for sure.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Any stories that you can share with any of the presidents, at least get a chance to, uh, to say a hello or, or any stories with, with, with the guys our commander in chiefs or some of you may not be able to share because <laughs> that's kind of a private, I guess, for those guys, because that is the White House in the air. It really is.
2: It is. It is. It is, it is the flying White House. Um, uh, one of the cool things I was able to do, uh, you know, three quick things. One, uh, the first uh, uh, visit of Air Force One uh, to Greenville, uh, North, uh, North Carolina uh, when um, the president talked at uh, ECU. Uh, I was able to be on that cruise so that was awesome. Uh, I had my wife and son come down for the arrival so they were able to see that uh, and then you know, was able to take uh, the other two agents I was with around Greenville and show them the, the, the great things about that. Uh, and then two weeks later Air Force One actually arrived um, near where we lived uh, in uh, Yorktown area so I was able to get my wife a tour uh, of that so it was kind of like hey all these trips that I go on uh, ho- hopefully this makes up for it with the awesome <laughs> That's <laughs> right she, she really appreciated uh, getting to see that because it, it is a really special place inside uh, And then uh, there was one time in Hawaii it was a, it was a gas stop um, when uh, the president was on his way uh, over to um, I think it was uh, I think it was Singapore uh, but uh, happened to be stopped there for gas. And, uh, I went on the aircraft because I needed to take care of some stuff, uh, and act, you know, kind of bumped into the president. Uh, it was president Obama at the time. And it was one of those, uh, Oh, excuse me, Mr. President, how are you doing? <laughs> he was like, Oh, I'm doing good. And it was kind of one of those like quick interactions, but very casual and, and also kind of surreal. Cause it's like, I just talked to the president of the United States.
1: Right. Uh, some, sometimes I'll call you, the, you know, the East Carolina's forest cup, Billy. It's all I can say running <laughs> all, all these moments of destiny, my friend, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So, hey, a distinguished career and then you have also, in parallel, you've been an instructor for young pilots and young folks coming through um, with the Air Force and, one of the things that really struck me is is you've leaned a lot on, for example, Ruffin, McNeil, and McNeil and some of the messages that you heard from Coach Ruff and others. What are some of the, the key points of leadership and just a professionalism that you've shared uh, with with some of the guys that you've been uh, offered instruction?
2: Yeah, so I, I go, you know even here I go back to ECU uh, in a lot of ways. Um, my old uh, detachment commander when I was a, a cadet in ROTC he used to have this motto called GATO. And it's for, you're a thinking officer. And so um, kind of just ingrained in that whenever something gets difficult, uh, whenever you're working through a problem, just think to yourself, you, you're capable of this. You're able to think through it. Um, and then some of the other things is that, I, that I try to talk to folks about is that passion is, is great. Um, be passionate about what's important to you, uh, whether it's your family, whether it's your profession, whether it's just the extra things like sports teams passion is great with all that, because passion is what will take you to, to another level uh, when you're trying to figure things out, I feel, in and, and, and a lot of ways. And then, you know, I also talk to folks about, you know, get comfortable being uncomfortable. There's a lot of times where you're going to be uncomfortable, especially here uh, in the pilot training environment, where we take, basically, we take pedestrians and within a year, turn them into to Air Force pilots. Um, and, and there's a lot of stuff that goes with that. But in order to, to get through that, you have to be comfortable being, being uncomfortable. Um, and then, you know, some of the other things that I've, t- I've taken away from, from ECU is that, uh, that, that I, I apply here, and I have more of a, I would say more of a coaching style when I'm, when I'm instructing is, you know, it's, it's not always easy. I remember being a student here, uh, you know, 17 years plus ago. And I remember just feeling how tough it was. And and I remember some of those those very, very difficult moments. Um but I also remember the instructors that helped get me through it. Um and I remember that. And so I try to I try to, you know, to 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 use that as, as something uh, as a motivator to help some of the other students that I teach here. Um yeah, I, I love that light bulb moment where something just finally clicks with a student that's been struggling. Uh, and they get it, and then you just sit back and you watch them run with it, uh, and that's that's one of the that's one of the big things, uh, and, that, and that's just part of the the, the perseverance too. Yeah. You gotta you gotta persevere through through tough times, and and you know again being a pirate this it goes back there. Um, you know I I got through pilot training and I got through college uh, a lot because of you know that chip on the shoulder mentality uh, that we have. Um, but it's not just a, a chip on the shoulder that, that you have out of bitterness. It, it, it's important to do something constructive with that chip on the shoulder, and that, that, that helps drives you. And, uh, you know, that helps get you to a dream that you may have, yeah. or who doubts you, or no matter how difficult the time is, or no matter how much you think that you can't do it, uh, you can do it. Uh, and so that, that's kind of the way that I, that I approach things here and, and trying to, to make uh, the future uh, Air Force pilots uh, that come out of Laughlin Air Force Base.
1: Lieutenant Colonel Billy Dye, it's been so great, and East Carolina graduate of '04. Just having you here with us in Pirate Radio, and kind of walking through, you know, an, an interesting uh, path thus far in your life. In so many ways, around the world, representing ECU and. And, and advancing, you know, through the Air Force. And, and now you enter a different chapter, my friend. We'll take a quick minute here, but the great news is, you again, your honor is an outstanding alumni, the last uh, ECU home football game. But I guess the the, the the big news today is you'll be taking over the, the, the detachment here, correct, here in Greenville, and, and able to instill your knowledge and just a great, great opportunity to, to bring you back to East Carolina University. Yep,
2: absolutely. I am a- absolutely, um, I guess, it's still a, it's it's still a shock uh, that that, it, that it's 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 gonna bring me back to ECU. But yes, uh, next fall I will be the uh, the Det Six Hundred Air Force RRTC, uh detachment commander, uh, and it is a it's a dream come true. It's a dream command assignment. Uh, I absolutely cannot wait uh, to get back to to not only Greenville but ECU, and uh, I can't wait to help uh, mentor, train, and lead the the future officers of the Air and Space Force uh, that are going to come out of ECU and go on to do great things as, as, as Pirates do.
1: Now, Billy, I would talk about ECU football right now, but you and I would have to have another 30-minute show for that, so we'll save that for another day. My friend, I know you're a very enthusiastic follower and of what ECU football is doing and, and Coach Houston and everyone, but but thank you so much for your time today. I'm sure we'll get you back again soon and talk more about, you know, the training and, and kind of your method, methods and, and all the great things that are happening in East Carolina. But but uh, thanks for joining us, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Billy Dye, uh, East Carolina graduate 04, outstanding ECU alumni, and hope to have you back here in Greenville real soon.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. And uh, uh, on a real quick note about football, uh, I, it, we're trending in the up. Uh, we're we're getting... <laughs> We're getting better, and uh, I'm so excited the way the way this season has unfolded, and I'm looking forward to what the rest of the season and, and the future seasons uh, have. And the last thing I'll say is thank you all so much for uh, for uh, inviting me on the show. Um, uh, like you said, I, I absolutely love East Carolina University. Uh, I'm unapologetically a passionate about it, uh, and, and that's simply because it was the place that, uh, like we used to say, uh, ECU lets your tomorrow start here, and it was the place that l- allowed my tomorrow to start there, uh, so I'm forever indebted and, and grateful, and I cannot wait to get back and uh, continue serving in the capacity as a, uh, as a staff member there, uh, and looking forward to uh, a lot more good barbecue.
1: Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. Billy, thank you, my friend, and and safe flying, and we'll see you here soon in Greenville. Thank you. Awesome. Thank
0: you. Take care. And that was another great episode of the Pirate Radio Podcast with Alan Thomas and his special guest, Lieutenant Colonel Billy Dye. We'll be back very soon with another edition of the Pirate Radio Podcast. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in your Apple Store. You can also visit our website at pr927fm.com and follow us on social media at pr927fm to keep up with the latest news and information information. Until next time, have a great day, everyone. You've been listening to the Pirate Radio Podcast, an
2: exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.